Hey everybody, thank you for tuning in to the In The Truck Podcast. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Apparently I have a 1930s <laughs> radio man living inside of me. <laughs> so there's this idea that gets thrown around. It's sort of part and parcel with the leftist idea that everyone's a racist. A white privilege. I went through an extended period. I went to college. Okay, let's be, let's just start at the beginning. Sorry. I went to college before white privilege existed. I went to a state school, liberal arts school, art, art teaching, you know, some business. They call it a university. It's pretty small <laughs> for a university. And it was close enough to New York City that a ton of city people came up. It was um, diverse in every way a campus could be diverse. Um, It was so much on the cutting edge of the whole social justice warrior, third wave feminism front that the only notoriety the school got the entire time I was there that I recall, so this is late 90s, early 2000s, late 90s, um, was that the women's studies department held a symposium or a weekend-long event uh, where they brought in speakers to talk about uh, sex toys for women. <laughs> And it became, I don't know if it became national news, but at least it became statewide news, like how dare the state university system spend money teaching women how to use sex toys. <laughs> Which today I feel like would be no big deal. Nobody would even bat an eye. Back in whenever it was, 98, I was, woo. So, when I say... I didn't know what white privilege was. I'm saying in that context, like, I was around all that stuff. I was around the leftist thought. I was around people of different races, ethnicities, backgrounds. I was around the people who talk about white privilege now like it's always been a thing they talked about before they ever even thought of it. Um, so yeah, so I left there and I went off into the real world and, um, in the real world, we don't talk, we don't talk about that. And it's something that the universities, people, universities created sometime, I guess in the two thousands, I don't know. And my first couple, I don't know, the first dozen times I heard about it, I didn't even know what they were talking about. try to go look it up and it's not like they have a definition of their little things like you have to you have to read a bunch of sources to kind of put together what the heck it is they're talking about as far as there's no social justice warrior dictionary to go look this stuff up and see the definitive 
sealed, decided upon final definition of their terms. They sort of evolve over time. So now it's pretty clear at this point that white privilege is um, like the Holy Ghost. It's the power that's flowing behind everything and you can't see it. And it's what controls everything and everyone's destiny. And um, if you're white and anything good happens to you or for you, that's your privilege, white privilege. If you're not white, anything bad happens to you or for you, then it's because of white privilege. It's like the force from Star Wars, essentially. <laughs> so even if you deny its existence, that doesn't change anything. It's still there. So I've talked about um, white privilege before in the context of my own family generationally. And essentially the point was that n no one today is as poor as my grandfather was when he was 14. And he died a millionaire without going to college or owning a business. Well, he I'm sorry, he, he did own a building, but he actually lost money on that, so I don't think that counts as a business. Yeah, he he uh, he worked really hard and he studied and he took he worked in the, he was a New York City fireman who took every possible test he could take for advancement. And he studied his ass off and ended up retiring from the New York City Fire Department as a battalion chief. And at the same time, he was uh, in the Army, the Army Air Corps. And when he got at the end of the war in uh, 46 or 47, he joined the uh, National Guard. And same thing, kind of stuck around and, until he was a colonel. He was a colonel for a long time and then uh, retired as a general. So, yeah, just blue-collar stuff. Nothing uh, fancy about it. And so he sent his all of his children to college. And, uh, yeah, so that, that's how that works. My point was that if you feel as though you are not well off today, you can set your mind to improving your family's future. And you can make sacrifices like he did, and you can work your ass off like he did, and you can never spend any money ever <laughs> like he did, and you can provide a life for your children that that your parents never imagined for you, and then your children could then provide a life for their children that you can't even imagine. It's not fair to say that you somehow, if you're not happy with your place in the world, that it's someone else's fault and that someone else needs to fix it for you. That's that's not how it works. It's also not fair to look at people who have benefited from their parents or their grandparents' decisions, efforts, sacrifices, and say that you deserve it too, because that's not how life works. Not to say that I deserve the benefit of those people's hard work and efforts in the sense that I've earned it, but they did it for me specifically in the same way that I make sacrifices for my children specifically it's the whole reason the death tax is unholy because people choose to work their ass off to provide a better life for their future generations and for the government to step in and take half of it because whatever um, is evil 
Oh, yeah. So that was my take on white privilege previously. But I, I want to talk about white privilege in the context of a lifetime, in the context of a single individual. So that's what today's thing is about. This came to me on Saturday. I actually recorded an episode on Saturday about it, but it was bad. So <laughs> this is take two. My life uh, went pretty well for the most part. I, um, I went to college for a while, then dropped out, and uh, then went to work, moved south, met my wife. My career was moving forward in a, in, a, in a positive way. At some point along the way, it became clear that I was not advancing anymore because I didn't have a college degree. That may not have been the case. It may just have been that I was young, and uh, I was impatient and looking for a reason why things weren't progressing as quickly as I wanted them to. And so, uh, but at any rate, I decided I needed to go back and finish my degree, and there were a number of other things going on. We moved back up here, up, up to New York, and um, yeah, things went well. I finished school, I was looking for a new career, that's a frustrating thing, and somewhere along the way, I'll save the story for another day, I think, but essentially, no fault of my own, I ended up uh, get, losing my job. And um, we lived quite nearly paycheck to paycheck at that time, um, which isn't as terrifying as they make it sound on the news. <laughs> I mean, whenever you hear about that on the news, like, you know, 37% of America lives paycheck to paycheck. I'm like, uh, yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> no big deal. But um, until you don't get the next paycheck. And then it kind of is, <laughs> then all of a sudden it's a pretty big deal. Um, I had never been out of work in my entire life. So I, it was about two, mo two months into it that someone told me I could apply for unemployment. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't really realize that. But I just went out and found a bunch of side work to do. I was mowing grass and fixing people's cars for them. And um, I got on with a crew of people that installed in-ground sprinkler systems, which I hadn't didn't really know well, so I was, you know, I just dug trenches. Uh, what else did I do? Anything, anything I can think of. And it got to the point where I was actually making more money than I did when I worked. <laughs> and, uh, and that was when I had gotten in with a realtor and there were people who were selling homes or people who had passed away whose homes were kind of dingy and um, they wanted to get them kind of cleaned up, the property cleaned up to try to make it look nicer to sell it. And that was pretty lucrative. And that's a really, if you're ever uh, looking for something to do and you have a little bit of uh, home, I'll just call them homeowner skills, right? If you can paint, take down wallpaper, rake, cut grass, that kind of stuff. That's a good business to get into. But So I was doing that, and um, then my wife decided we needed health insurance. So I, I eventually went back to work. But um, the point of that, or the point of telling you that story is to say that by the summer of 2000. I think it was 16. 
we were broke, broke. Like, completely broke. We had nothing. And it was one of those things where I was literally going to work for the day to make enough money to buy food to feed the kids tomorrow. Like, my wife was going to the grocery store every day with the money that I earned that day. And then, you know, part of it would get set aside for some of the other bills we had. We were two and three months behind on the electric. Um, we got rid of everything. We had no cable. I had to have a cell phone um, to get jobs, but we got, I think we got rid of the home phone. We got rid of everything. And really, we haven't gotten a lot of it back. If you ever go through a period like that in your life, you realize you don't need some of this stuff. That you think you need. Cable TV is an expensive waste of your money. Um, yeah, so... You know, that was as bad as it got. It's as bad as it can get. You know, when you... When you don't know... At 8 o'clock in the morning on a Tuesday... How you're going to feed your kids on Wednesday... That's a bad place. You're in a bad place. And we were, like I said, we were behind on bills... And there was no savings. There was nothing left. So, when I talk about my life or I talk about a policy issue and get told by some social justice warrior about my white privilege, I, I want to get in a fist fight because these are largely um, spoiled, insulated university people who have not struggled and don't understand any of that and they're trying to tell someone because of their skin color that they've lived a privileged life and that's quite simply not the case there's things about having money or 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 coming from a place that's well off that I think people who don't maybe don't understand or Maybe they're so much more well-off, they don't understand. Like, my parents have money, but I come from the, the world where the number one currency is being self-sufficient. So at no point when I was out of work did my parents step up and be like, hey, can we give you some money? <laughs> like, that didn't happen. It was like a, they just decided to take a step back and... Uh, and watch and see if I was the man they raised me to be or not. Like that was essentially the, I think, the whole thing. So, there was no privilege in that. Except for that I was, you know, I was raised to get off my ass and go work. And so I got off my ass and I went and worked. So the reason I thought of this this past Saturday was because I still do it. So every once in a while, like, I, I joke around with uh, Jay Murray on Twitter or whatever about doing stuff myself or working myself and he kids me about it or whatever but mostly when I talk about manual labor that I'm doing it's not for myself it's for money so I work all week I have, I have a great job I make a good living and you know if something pops up where I can go spend four hours uh, five hours on the weekend doing some little thing and making some extra money I do it 
And part of that is like there's a trauma in not having any money and having four kids and having a wife and being a being the provider. My wife's been a stay-at-home mom uh, since my daughter was born 15 and a half years ago. And there's a, I have a lot of pride in that. I think that that's like that's like a Mercedes in the 1980s is the same thing as saying your wife doesn't work. <laughs> because I we'll go to a party and I'll meet people who are far better off than we are and they'll be like, oh, what does your wife do? And I'm like, oh, she's a stay-at-home mom. And they look at me like I'm <laughs> Bill Gates. Really? How do you do that? <laughs> so anyway, there's a certain trauma to that. So I don't want to be back there. So that's part of it. Part of it is I just think that, you know what, you take advantage of the things that, that, that come to you. And part of it is, um, oddly, I like it. So a couple weeks ago, I got a job to dig drainage uh, trenches. I did that. Actually, that was fun. I looked forward to that. And then um, this past weekend, I was outside the house. We, we own a home. So, you know, if you own a home, you understand, like, all the maintenance that goes with that. So I was outside trying to fix the gutter because the gutter's not not working properly. It's kind of got a dip in the middle, so I'm trying to figure out how to sort of straighten that out. And um, in the middle of doing that, and my wife came outside, and she's like, hey, there's an ad up. Somebody just posted an ad on the neighborhood website thing that they need someone to go cut a, a mow a yard for 40 bucks. And I was like, all right, done. So I texted there was a cell phone number that said to call and I'm like, yeah, I was going to shoot a text. So it had been about an hour. So I, since the ad had posted, so I texted like, Hey, you still need someone to cut that grass. And they responded by text. Yes. And I said, what's the address? And they gave me the address. And then it turned out it was a realtor. And the realtor said they would meet me there, um, in about an hour. And so I was like, oh, well, I'll just go get it done real quick and then they can pay me. So I got my lawnmower and threw it in a truck and drove up there and started cutting the grass. And what dawned on me with the whole white privilege argument is that was avail that that's available to everyone. The first thing that dawned on me was like, this is like, how did a teenager not jump on this? Like, how did some 15 year old kid not jump on this? You know, kids work at McDonald's making, what do they make, $9, $10 an hour after taxes? How long would it take them to make 40 bucks? Six hours? Like, you know, this is, I'm going to bang this out in 45 minutes. Make <laughs> 40 bucks. Like, how do you not jump on it? How do you let that go? And here I am, a nearly 40-year-old man mowing the grass, doing teenager's work. And, uh... Yeah, I don't know. It just done. And then I thought about it, and I was like, "Oh, this was all done anonymously by text message." Like, there's no, there's no identity politics component. It doesn't matter. It could have been anybody. It could have been male. It could have been female. Any race. Any creed. Any color. Any ethnicity. Any national origin. Any. The only thing the person knew was I owned a cell phone and I could text in English. <laughs> These are the opportunities that are available to anyone. I didn't respond for a full hour. So the whole world had an hour to get that job and didn't take it. Those opportunities exist everywhere. 
There's plenty of jobs that essentially require you just being willing to show up. Because a lot of people aren't willing to show up, man. So, 2016, I was broke, 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 broke. I owned a home, but that was not an asset. It was a liability at that point because I had to figure out how to pay for the damn thing and pay the taxes and pay the insurance and fix anything that broke and, you know. And then here I am, 2018. Things are kind of good. But a big part of that is my willingness to go do things. I don't own an Xbox. I don't have much of a social life. I choose... I willingly choose to go do difficult things other people don't want to do for money in my spare time. Anyone can do that. Like my grandfather. Anyone can do that. Anyone could have gone off to war. Anyone could have home, come home and joined the fire department. Anyone could have taken those tests and been battalion chief. He was not born with a silver spoon in his mouth. There wasn't a silver spoon in his town. He did not have some special education. He did not have some special training. And I feel like I'm the same way in a sense. Like I... I went to a crappy state school that anyone could go to. I got a degree anyone could get. I have a job anyone could get. Stop talking about stupid nonsense. America in 2018 is not a racist country. I don't care what you want to say. America in 2018 is not a racist country. The left spends 80% of their time talking about Nazis and racists. Are there racists in America? Yes, there are. Both the left and the right. Some of them are black. Some of them are Latino. Some of them are whatever. There's, they're just assholes. There's assholes everywhere. It's so stupid. Neo-Nazis? There's like 400 of them in the country. In the whole country. Actual serious neo-Nazis. Why? In a country of 300 million people. You're going to talk about neo-Nazis? It's like, oh my God. It's so ridiculous. They're irrelevant. It's just a thing they can talk about that makes people have an emotional response. And if your life isn't going the way you want it to go, stop focusing on stupid things. Like what color your skin is. Nobody gives a shit what color your skin is. Go do something. You're like, oh, well, you know, there's only so many CEOs of this group and that group and the other group. So what? I'm not a CEO. Nobody's a CEO. That's like 
How many people are CEOs? It's like neo-Nazis. There's 400 of them. Big freaking deal. Go do something else like everybody else. Go strip wallpaper in August in a house with no air conditioning. Go for it. Pays good. Go learn a skill. Nobody cares. At the end of the day, what color your skin is or where you're from. and None of that crap. It's ridiculous. You're just using it as an excuse to be lazy and not work. Like never in the history of mankind has it been more apparent. There used to be a, a thing in the 80s and 90s where the, the conservatives in the country were saying that people on welfare were just lazy. They were able-bodied and lazy. And then they got shamed for like, how dare you say that, these poor people, blah, blah, blah. There's never in the history of mankind been a larger group of people being lazy and blaming someone else for it than today. The whole white privilege thing is, is absurd. There's nothing stopping you from working and making money. Okay, so let's say you are like the worst case scenario. You have learning disabilities, you're barely literate, uh, you didn't graduate high school, and um, you want to get ahead in the world, okay? Now here's what you do. You go work your ass off seven days a week, 12 hours a day. You get married and have kids. You buy a small house somewhere that you can afford. And if you can't teach your kids things they need to learn that you know they need to learn, you hire other people to do it. So if you've got to pick up an extra shift, if you've got to start your own lawnscaping business, if you've got to become part of a crew that digs ditches, go do that, that extra thing, to earn the money that you need to make sure your kids get the education they need so they don't have to live the life that you live. Now... That's not going to benefit you in any way, shape, or form in your lifetime, most likely. Aside from the fact that being focused and working hard will make you a better human being and financially better off than you would by being uh, playing video games and complaining all day. But it will make a better life for your children, and then your children can see that work ethic and sacrifice and focus on improvement, multi-generational improvement, and some of your children will get it, and they will pass it on to their children. So then your grandkids could be like the obnoxious people that you don't like today, who live an easy life and fuss about things. <laughs> like whether or not Starbucks ran out of a certain flavor of coffee, or whatever it is that people who have nothing going badly in their life complain about. That's how it works. So, there you go. The worst case scenario, your grandkids could be suburban, lazy people. <laughs> Simple. You just gotta get off your ass and go do it. If you have time to write a tweet about white privilege, you have time to go work. 
Go mow grass. Dig ditches. Do something. But stop complaining. My God, it's obnoxious. There is no such thing in America as white privilege. Because America is not a racist society. So what are the what are the statistics and facts that they look at? Like, is it true that white America is better off than non-white America? Well, no, because the highest earning people in America are from India and Asia, China, Korea, whatever. All those ethnic groups are the highest earning people in America. White people are like fifth. What more evidence do you need? <laughs> this is not a some sort of weird caste system like India. This is not some apartheid thing. Nothing, none of that. You don't have to be white to succeed in America. As a matter of fact, it seems to help to not be white in America. There's nothing holding you back but yourself and your unwillingness to work hard and sweat and bleed for what you want in life. So stop being worried about what other people are doing. Other people aren't helping you or hurting you. They're not worried about you. They're doing their own thing. They're raising their own families. They're building their own future. They're not concerned with you. End the cycle of fatherlessness and the cycle of fussing and crying about everything that's not going your way. Don't be that person. If you're a man, be a father. If you're a woman, don't have children with somebody unless it's apparent that they're going to be a husband and a father. Put an end to this nonsense. But for crying out loud, stop talking about white privilege. You sound stupid. To anyone who lives in the real world who really works for a living and understands how the world works, you sound like an idiot. And you don't get that. You think that because they laugh at you that they're racist. It's not because they're racist. It's because they understand how the world actually works and you sound stupid. All right, everybody. Listen, I hope you all have a fantastic day today. Thank you for tuning in the podcast and we will talk to you later.